You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It's Wednesday night, October 25th, uh, less than a week away from Halloween, so maybe we'll get a little spooky tonight. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm Thomas Bendit, I'm the host of the BT Powerhouse podcast as always. I'm also the manager of the site, and we are continuing on with our season preview series this evening. And you know, our, our last one, we talked about Maryland, a team that has sort of proven itself over the last couple of years, really built up a, a strong overall resume, so to speak. Tonight, we move into a team that's looking to regain past glory, and that's Illinois. After a dramatic uh, tenure, John Gross let go this offseason, but uh, they hire Brad Underwood from Oklahoma State, and they're on to hopefully bigger and better things. And to help us break them down tonight, we have Brad from the Champagne Room, which is Illinois' SB Nation site. Brad, how's it going tonight? I'm good, Thomas. How are you? Good, good. Happy to have you on, and um, hopefully uh, your fall is treating you well. But uh, uh, let's, I was going to say, this year's conversation is a little less dynamic compared to last year. My Cubs are not in the World Series this year, so I've got a little more time on my hands to uh, discuss the uh, the upcoming basketball season. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, as a Detroit sports fan, have, uh, like, no teams to root for at this point. So, um, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll move on from that. But, uh but yeah, so let's let's jump into Illinois. You know, I, I touched on it briefly, you know, head coaching change. And I always like to start these previews by taking a look back at last season. I think it sort of helps us set the table for what's to come. Um, first, what, what are your overall thoughts on last season? Obviously, the Illini failed to make the NCAA tournament yet again, but not a terrible team by any measure, nonetheless. Um, and now as they move forward, uh, secondly, you know, what, what does it mean for this season uh, referring to last year? Yeah, going into last season with, with head coach John Gross, the Illini were looking for true measuring stick of, of what Gross was able to provide to the program. Um, coming off of a 2015-2016 campaign where the team only won 15 games and finished third to last in the conference, the, the expectations uh, heading into last season were that with a, with a healthy lineup, um, with a stacked roster, with who would eventually become the third highest scoring player in Illinois program history in Malcolm Hill, John Gross had all of the tools at his disposal to make a run at the NCAA tournament. And what we saw, uh, similar to what happened in 2014, where the, uh, where the team had a chance late in the season to make a run towards the NCAA tournament in 2013, um, they, uh, they had every opportunity to, to try to, to close the season on a, on a strong note and, and make a decent case for themselves heading into the, the NCAA tournament. That was not the case after 
another heartbreaking loss to Rutgers at Rutgers on a buzzer beater that in this instance, it happened to be, it was a buzzer beater during uh, regulation, but, uh, but a buzzer beater that happened uh, to, to ultimately ice the season for the Illini after they had put together four straight wins. Um, we were talking at the, uh, at the champagne room, check us out. Um, ding that, uh, that after the Michigan state win at home, Illinois was was surging towards what we thought would eventually be that end of the season push towards the postseason that we've been waiting for John Gross to to revisit ever since he took the Illini to the NCAA tournament back in 2012 and 2013. So ultimately what, what ended up happening is the team sputtered out to, to two losses, one to Rutgers again for the last game of the regular season, and then a, a dismal performance against Michigan in the first round of the Big Ten tournament for the second year in a row, I believe. So um, ultimately that is what ended up being John Gross's demise. And um, throughout the NIT, it was kind of nice to, to send Malcolm Hill off um, on a high note. That was the, uh, the the games where he would end up finishing his scoring career for the Illini. Again, he is third all-time um, in the program's history. I have to pull up the list in front of it, but I believe Dion Thomas is the, uh, the all-time leading scorer for Illinois. Um, and then uh, I believe Bruce Douglas might be second. I have to take a look at that. Um, but Malcolm Hill is, in fact, third. So it was really refreshing to see a player of that caliber um, get what he ultimately deserved uh, for the efforts that he had provided for his four years um, in his career at Illinois. Uh, Kawani Garris, the second all-time uh, leading scorer for Illinois at, at uh, 1,948 points. Malcolm Hill is just ahead of fan favorite D. Brown um, at uh, 1,817 points. So ultimately, it was it was kind of a nice little send-off for for Malcolm, but very bittersweet. Um, considering that a player of that caliber never once made it to the NCAA tournament in his four years at U of I. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting thing and, and really kind of amazing to think about it. And, you know, it speaks to some of the struggles elsewhere on the roster, some of the inconsistency. But I think you brought up a good point. And, you know, it, I, I don't know if it's super relevant for this year, but I think it's something that was very interesting as you go back and look at, you know, John Gross's tenure, you know, what went wrong. So sort of a post-mortem here. You know the just the the collapses that happened in second halves of seasons is just baffling. I mean, multiple times it looked like they were on top of the world. You know, either set for a tournament bid or um, even in his initial season, it looked like they were about to, to tear up the Big Ten and sort of just went off the rails afterwards. So I mean, really struggled mm-hmm. late in the season. So I, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a magic recipe that you know can make all the players believe it's the first half of the season or something. Uh, but, um, you know, Brad Underwood will certainly have to try. I'll say that much. Um, but, but of course, you know, head coaching change after the season, you know, Illinois fails to make the NCAA tournament for what I want to say was the third uh, or fourth year in a row, excuse me. Um, Gross Correct. ended up being there for five years, uh, made it the first year, missed it the last four. But Brad Underwood takes over, great career uh, at Stephen F. Austin. He had one year at Oklahoma State where he had 
the Cowboys at 22 on Ken Palm. They made the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were Ken Palm's number one offense. Um, what do you what do you make of uh, Brad Underwood? And we'll get into some of the roster later. So um, just overall, what what are your first impressions of Underwood as a head coach? Yeah, initially heading into um, his announcement as as the new head coach for the Fighting Illini, there was a lot of buzz about what he had created in just one season at Oklahoma State. Um, if you remember, two seasons ago, the, the Cowboys were the 301st, 301, in college basketball in points per game. I believe they averaged just a little bit over 68.5 points per game. Last season, with Brad Underwood as head coach of the Cowboys and very little turnover from uh, from their roster from the year prior, the Oklahoma State Cowboys jumped up to 85.4th in college basketball. That says a lot about the head coach's scheme, his structure, the amount of guard play that he promoted, and ultimately the ability that he would get from his guys to, to score the basketball, which ultimately is what Illinois was missing the last four seasons under head coach John Gross. You saw a lot of games against Penn State, against Michigan, where, where the games would end 40, you know, 45 to 44 or 50 to, to 55. There wasn't a whole lot of that dynamic offense. It was more of a slugfest that you know, ultimately ended up in, in John Gross relying on just one key player like Malcolm Hill. Well, now you bring in a head coach with Brad Underwood, who is more centered around guard play and not just – from the point guard position or from a shooting guard position. He's not really focused on the one or the two. He's focused on, well, all five. And that's kind of what we're starting to see here with the way that he's recruiting Illinois as a program, the way he's recruiting the offense, the types of players he's getting, um, not just the caliber, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a minute, but um, the, the types of players that he's bringing in, a lot of that kind of 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", shooting guards, power forwards, or small forwards that can, can get up and down the floor in, in, a, in a timely manner and, and ultimately provide offense from any point on the floor, whether it be the front court or the back court. So having that in the back of, of, of a fan's mind is, is really reassuring, um, especially, after, uh, especially after, again, the slugfest that we saw. So just in the offense by itself, uh, Brad Underwood's basically promising or has promised in what he's done in the past to to bring something that dynamic to, to Champaign and the State Farm Center, which is something that I know fans have been crying for over the past five seasons when, um, when Bruce Weber left and they were looking for a, a coaching replacement. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me, I said it at the time, I, I still believe it. I think Underwood was the best hire in the Big Ten this offseason, which I think says a lot considering some of the names that were picked up by, you know, Indiana, by Ohio State. I, I think he was the best hire. I think he's going to make a huge impact in year one, and I think ultimately he will really turn Illinois into something special. But uh, but nonetheless, you know, obviously we're here to preview this year, not Underwood's career at, at Illinois. <laughs> So, you know, uh, a couple, uh, you know, last year's team, we, we talked about underwhelming finish. You know, they didn't uh, live up to the hype, so to speak, or at least what the fans would have liked. 
They are losing some key pieces this offseason, including Malcolm Hill, who, who you've already talked about extensively so far. Um, what, what do you make of these offseason departures? Are they something that, that Illinois can overcome? Um, you know, they're losing three starters. They're losing players who have played significant minutes beyond that. Um, what, what are your opinion of these? And moreover, is it possible to replace these guys? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that's been the, the overwhelming concern with this season's team. And I know, especially amongst our staff at the Champagne Room, we've talked a lot about expectations for this season. And that was the thing about last year was that with all of that experience, the Illini should be winning those closer games, the, the ones that come down to the wire. And whether that's just because of the quality of player that they had or the experience, you had Tracy Abrams who finally came back from what was, I believe three reconstructive knee surgeries to play in his sixth season for the Illini. Um, Having all that experience ultimately didn't quite pan out as we would have thought. So this season we're incorporating a lot of youth uh, into the offense and and into this season's roster. And it'll be interesting to see how Brad Underwood utilizes his guards because he has a lot of guards. Um, Just looking over the roster at the newcomers that he's brought in. First of all, he's brought in a couple of four-star recruits in Mark Smith and DeMonte Williams. Um, Both freshmen are going to definitely see the floor Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Smith ultimately ends up playing the four permanently. Um, Again, it kind of all depends on how Underwood views the the team and and how he wants to run the offense, but the biggest piece that he put in place earlier in his – after it was announced he would be at Illinois – um, was Trent Frazier. And there was some skepticism as to whether or not Frazier would stay at Illinois because John Gross is the one that had recruited him. Um, Frazier's, a, Frazier's more of a point guard position that Illinois was kind of struggling with last season to try to balance between Tajon Lucas, who returns this season as a sophomore, but his freshman season last year, he didn't really get a whole lot of playing time until the second half of the season, ironically, when Illinois started putting together five consecutive victories. But beside that, now Tajon Lucas is a sophomore. He's got a little more experience under his belt. And as a sophomore, he's one of the oldest players on this team now. Um, in the starting lineup, it's very, very likely that we'll see both Michael Finke and Leron Black playing um, in the front court for Illinois. And Black is going to currently act as the center of the team. But again, and I think Black is 6'8". I have to look that up. But um, but he's, he's more built to be a four. He has played some five before, and, and he's very physical in the paint. And that's where there's a lot of expectation to see Black kind of continue that play for Illinois. But this team this season is going to be centered around the youth, the ability of the youth, and the guard play. Um, we're on black six, seven, by the way. Um, but the guard play is what Illinois is going to have to focus on this season. And there are going to be some games this year where Illinois is going to put up anywhere from 80 to a hundred points all the way down to 50 to 70 points. And it all depends on how well they shoot the ball. 
Um, again, Tejon Lucas will be back as the point guard, and he will start as the point guard um, without a doubt. But the pieces that are getting put around him, like Trent Frazier, the other guard, Mark Smith, um, Mr. Basketball, this season for Illinois out of East St. Louis, um, that was one of that was the first of the two biggest recruits that Brad Underwood has signed to the team this, for this season. Frazier's the other one. Um, by the way, he also got Io Desunmu from uh, Morgan Park, Chicago, uh, five or four star recruit. It depends on if you're looking at 247 or CBS. It kind of varies by the site, but arguably the best player in the state for next season has verbally committed to the University of Illinois. Um, Desunmu, a 6'6 player as well. So, again, we're starting to see that shooting guard, power forward, small forward kind of you know, six five to six eight range be the new front court for this Underwood team. So um, with the inexperience and with the youth, we absolutely expect the Illini to have games where they are lighting it up from the field. They're shooting 50%, 60%. And we're expecting to see some games where they're putting up only maybe 30% or 40% shooting. Um, and going to have to rely on some, some off-the-ball defense and and some things like that. And, and do we think that a team this young is going to be able to provide that? Probably not. It's not so much a, an effort or a hustle thing. It's, it's an experience thing at this point. And, and looking at the depth of the Big Ten Conference this season, especially at the top, um, carrying over from last season, there are going to be some games that Illinois is – going to kind of have to learn their individual roles in this brand new Underwood offense. But um, we definitely expect uh, a barrage of, of offense. Again, like we talked about with Oklahoma state with their points per game average skyrocketing, we firmly believe that the, that Brad Underwood's going to provide that this season for Illinois. And we expect the, uh, the season total to probably jump to roughly about eight to 12 points higher per game than we saw last season. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I was going to ask next uh, about some of the newcomers and what you expect there, uh, but honestly, you, you hit on a, a lot of them. So, uh, you know, ahead of this, ahead of the schedule here. So, uh, you know, we're we're on the next level a, as a podcast tonight, I guess. But we're, I was going to say so we're getting I, I pretty guess, good at this, Thomas. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're building we're building the callus here. Um, Trust the so process. <laughs> So I, I would say first off, uh, so this is going to be a three-parter. First off, if you had anything you want to add as far as the newcomers, I know you hit, you really hit on all of them there, um, but anything you want to add as a final note as far as they go. Um, and then, you know, coming into the season, what are you optimistic about? Uh, what are you concerned about? Uh, and, and really just what should fans be thinking? You know, what should they be excited about? What should they be uh, worried about as we enter this season? Sure. Um, so the first question, again, newcomers. Um, biggest newcomer that, that Illinois is currently looking at to, to try to make the biggest splash is that four-star recruit, Mr. Basketball, from Edwardsville, Mark Smith. Um, he's he's going to probably play closer to the three or the four spot this season, and that's something that he's not used to playing, especially at 6'5". So it'll be interesting to see how he – maybe changes his style of play or, or changes his approach to, um, to playing basketball. It, it'll be interesting again to see how Underwood's offense works with this. And 
um, I guess that's a teaser for the the third question of, of what are we excited about. I we, we're not entirely sure what this offense is going to look like. I mean, other than it scoring a bunch, but that we we want more answers. There's got to be something else there that we can hold on to. And I know that the first couple of games this season are against some some very uh, those call them cupcake teams, if you will, with Southern and Tennessee Martin. There's going to be a little bit of um, – yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all the respect, um, if they're listening to this podcast. Um, but the, the non-conference schedule for the Illini this season is very soft. It, it's very soft. I think the toughest game they have is on the road at Wake Forest. And then after that, it's DePaul in Champaign. And then – they're playing teams like Austin P and Longwood and North Carolina Central and Augustana. So I, there's there's going to be a lot of time for this offense to try to gel for this team to to unify around a leader. And again, I think um, Tejan Lucas is going to be that leader. Uh, Finky and Black, the two seniors, are going to be great experience to have around this team but under a new head coach they're going to be placeholders for what brad underwood's got coming into this program eventually but um i'm definitely most excited about mark smith this season what he's going to bring to the team how his style of play integrates the brad underwood system and again this is the first mr basketball illinois has brought to the program since i think brandon paul in 2009 so uh, lots of expectations lots of excitement um we'll we'll see what happens with that but he's definitely somebody we're very excited to see um the what was the second question again? Uh, just what are you optimistic about? What are you concerned about? Ah, yeah. Um, so optimistic, uh, non-conference schedule, lots of time to to try to build this new offense, build this new system for Illinois. Um, I fully expect in the thirteen non-conference games, I fully expect them to win at least ten of them. Um, there again, there are a couple of games in there that might get a little squirrely. There is UNLV in Las Vegas that does happen at 11 p.m. Um, local time here, so that could be one where, you know, maybe the jet lag catches up with the guys, or the time change gets to them, or whatever the case may be. But um, very optimistic about this non-conference schedule, giving this team some time to gel and round into form, heading into Big Ten play which the game right now I have circled on my calendar is shout out to, um, to Jim Delaney for the change here. It's the, um, the Northwestern game on December 1st at, no, you heard that right. December 1st, um, Illinois plays Northwestern at the all state arena, uh, in Rosemont. Um, I know Welsh, Welsh Ryan arena is going under a renovation. And the last time Illinois played at the all state arena was, I think 2005 against some team Arizona or whatever, where some guy named Darren Williams hit a shot to bring him back from 18 points down in the last three minutes in some elite eight basketball game. No big deal. Um, There's a lot of excitement about that game. There's a lot of excitement about that being the first big 10 game. I know there's a lot of talk amongst the Illini fan community about going to see that team at that point, especially in Chicago. Um, with the Chicago Big Ten team thing that Northwestern does and everything else. There's 
there's, there's a lot of excitement about that. So that game is probably the game um, everybody's got circled because it's the, finally the debut of the Brad Underwood scheme in the Big Ten. So super excited about that. After that game, we are mortified. Uh, this, this is going to be we, – we have no idea because they're, they're so young. This team is so young. Again, there's a chance that we see a lineup, Thomas, in this season where they're playing two sophomores and three freshmen. I, that could very well happen, which is okay. That, that's the, the beauty of, of having a new coach and having new players and ultimately having these really high-quality recruits that Illinois has seemed to miss out on over the past couple of seasons with Quentin Snyder and Cliff Alexander and may I go on and on about the frustrations that we have with people picking up hats and putting them on their heads. But this young team in a new offense with a new head coach is very promising, but it's very scary. And we know how dangerous this Big Ten conference is. We know how dangerous things can get when you're playing on the road or even at home against teams like a Michigan that can beat you any time they play you or even Penn State. Illinois hasn't beaten Penn State in Penn State, I think, in their last three straight attempts. There's there's so much unknown about the Big Ten schedule after that Northwestern game that fans are definitely a little bit nervous. And that's where you see the dividing line between um, this season's predictions, which I think is going to be your next question. <laughs> my uh, yeah, I, my my next question that I, I was going to move on. You know, we talked about what fans should be excited about, what they should be concerned about. Um, the next question I wanted to hit on was, uh, you know, with this roster coming back, who who do you think uh, figures to be the team's top player this year? You know, with uh, Malcolm Hill gone. There's obviously a huge void there in that role. Um, any any early predictions on who you think may may fill that role for the team? Ah, uh, um, yeah, I I kind of like Trent Frazier. Uh, he's been. By the way, I tried to prime that next question to get into into the season predictions. I, but again, this is this is you two <laughs> doing this, Thomas. So I think next season we'll have this down. I promise. Um, I, I would go Trent Frazier. I think, I think he's, he's been the guy since day one, even when John Gross was still coaching, that always talked about playing for Illinois and wanting to play for Illinois and wanting to be the guy that starts this renaissance of the Illini basketball program to, to becoming a national powerhouse once again and a consistent NCAA tournament team. And because of that, he's now starting to get a little bit overshadowed by some of the other things that are happening. Again, the, the, the addition of Mark Smith as Mr. Basketball this season, Io DeSunmu being um, verbally committed to Illinois for next season, and Trent's getting lost in the mix a little bit, which I think benefits him. Not that he doesn't have that direct spotlight on him. He's not trying to prove himself or he's not trying to, to – back up any talk he may be giving about being the best player on the team or, or being one that's starting this renaissance. So because of that, he can play a little more free. He can play faster. And again, being surrounded by players like Tejan Lucas, like Kipper Nichols, where I'm, I'm very sure that Brad Underwood's going to want to run the floor and push the tempo. He's going to fly. He's going to excel. 
And I think Trent Frazier is going to be the player this season that makes the biggest splash for the orange and blue. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. I mean, I I think Lucas can make some noise here. Uh, All Stork as well coming over as as the fifth year guy uh, should hit the ground running. I would think he's going to have a a pretty wide license offensively to to jack up shots or or what have you, Um, you know, whatever the team needs. But uh, I I was kind of figuring one of those guys, but uh, plus here would be, that would be very intriguing and certainly good news if he could elevate himself to that kind of level. So, um, but next, I, I wanted to touch on the schedule a little bit. I know you got into some of the non-conference stuff, so I won't belabor the point as far as that goes. Uh, well, I, did I you know have you, a take you touched... on the non-conference schedule? <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll throw out a couple of my thoughts. Uh, I, I think the first thing is, is uh, I think it's very manageable. You know, you talked about, hopefully winning at least 10 games. I absolutely think they can. I don't think there are many games here that you know are going to be a loss. You know, for instance, you know, Michigan comes into this season with what I think is one of the more challenging non-conference schedules in the big 10. You know, they have a road game at North Carolina. Uh, You can pretty Mm -hmm. much say, yeah, that's going to be a loss. Um, You know, Ohio state, they play North Carolina. They play Gonzaga, two losses right there. I don't think Illinois has any of those games like that on this schedule i mean at wake forest nope. yeah that'll be that'll be challenging um they'll, they're gonna be an underdog there but nothing they can't overcome and i i think mm-hmm. most of these games are like that uh so i think that that's good news i think the one challenging thing is is um they're really gonna have to take care of business against what i call the the rpi boosters who are good enough mm-hmm. to help your rpi but but not really good enough uh, to beat you, or at least that's what mm-hmm. we think. Um, right. You know, Minnesota <laughs> last year, they, they built their resume off of games like that. You know, for, for Illinois fans, if you're wondering what games I'm talking about, I'm talking about, like, New Mexico State, uh, Missouri, although, you know, we'll see. Ken Palm has them at 81 in the preseason. We'll see if they're at 81 uh, with all those new players on the roster. But, you know, Missouri. Yeah. I think uh, Jeremiah oh. Tillman's a little overrated, but <laughs> um, I'm, I'm shocked that take is coming from an Illinois fan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but uh, you know, another one is uh, Grand Canyon, who they play, who will probably end up being a top 150 team. And you know, this is probably someone sitting in their car right now, going top 150. What? Why does that matter? Well, those games actually can boost up your RPI a decent amount if you take care of business in them. So I, I think Absolutely. that that's what's going to be that's what's going to be tricky. You know, if Illinois is playing like uh, how they did late last year, yeah, those games are going to be very challenging. But if they elevate, improve a little bit, um, take care of business in those games, I I think they can win almost all of their non-conference games and, and maybe have a loss or two. Uh, so I, I think that's good news. Uh, the Big Ten slate, I think, is going. I mean, I. I say this for just about everyone, uh, every team, but right. <laughs> um, it's going to, it's going to be challenging. You know, the battle in, it's going to be a battle every, every night. Um, but I, I think this is a, a relatively good bounce for Illinois. Um, they get Indiana, Nebraska and Rutgers in double plays. So that's six mm-hmm. winnable games right off the bat, at least based on preseason expectations. 
Um, and then they get Iowa and Penn State at home. I think both of those games are winnable. So that, that gives you eight before we get into any of the other games on the slate where you can say, yeah, Illinois will absolutely have a fighting chance in, the, in these games. Now, will they win all of them? Probably not. I mean, I don't think I need to remind Illinois fans of uh, the challenges of playing in a place like Bloomington. Um, <laughs> but uh, Absolutely. But, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think there are winnable games here. I think Illinois' season, which, as it comes down for a lot of teams, is you've got to take care of business in the winnable games. If you take care of business in the winnable games this year, you're going to be really good. Um, if you and try not to pull forget, the old up, last – Oh, go ahead. Ed, sorry, Ed, yeah, last season, let's not forget, it ultimately, when we were starting to get more into those RPI games, in, to, to drive your point home, Thomas, it, that Winthrop game was just, that was detrimental to where that team was heading late into that season. Ultimately, what ended up being an overtime loss at home to Winthrop is what made the Illini be the outside team looking in with three games to go. So like you said, if you win those games, it not only boosts your RPI, but at the end of the season, those aren't the ones that you're sweating over. Those aren't the ones that you're worrying if the committee's going to wait, you know, if, if they're going to weigh that over a quality win or, or that sort of a thing. So absolutely. Yeah. That the do not count your chickens before they hatch because teams like Winthrop will beat you if you do. So I, I'm absolutely with you on that with, uh, with non-conference. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's something that uh, I discuss in a lot, of, a lot of these podcasts, but I, I think it's really important if you're a team that, that doesn't necessarily have the, the super high expectations. You know, if Illinois is going to try the old upset special, of, you know, hey, we're going to just knock off a couple teams and that will make up for some inconsistency, I think that's going to burn them at, at the end of the day. I think this is a season where, really, for Illinois, that, that's going to be where it comes into play. And, you know, it's going to be challenging with a young team, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, but speaking of a, a, a young team, uh, before we get into our season predictions here, I wanted to just briefly touch on the starting lineup. Uh, what are your predictions? Who do you think starts where? Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, what, what's your predictions for the starting lineup? Oh, I predict uh, Brad Underwood to start off the season having a pretty decent idea of where, he, where he's got his team. You have to think that he's got his starting four pretty much in line with uh, Laron Black, Michael Finke. I don't think Finke comes off the bench to start the season um, he'll definitely play Kipper Nichols. He'll play Tijon Lucas. So there's your four. Um, mind you, those are the four most experienced guys on the floor. After that, it gets interesting. You know, does he go to an Aaron Jordan or does he try to go to a Trent Frazier early on? Or, or maybe instead of Kipper, he plays Mark Smith. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think he starts the season with those four and then probably cycles in Mark Smith, Trent Frazier, um, DeMonte Williams. He'll definitely work those three into a rotation. Come the middle of the season, he's probably going to go full Joe Madden. He's going to take his boggle board. He'll take you know, the entire team's roster. He'll shake the boggle board. He'll look inside and go, all right, we're starting T. John Lucas at the five today. It, it, it could go anywhere, which is what part of the excitement is with this team. There's so much versatility 
within the guard play and the forward play that eventually we might not see Michael Finke in the starting lineup, or we might not see LaRon Black in the starting lineup. Um, but to, to start the season, definitely the two seniors and the two sophomores will get, uh, will get the first crack at the lineup for sure. Yeah, my, mine's very similar. I, I think Lucas will start for sure. I think Black and Finke will start up front. I think if you're an Illinois fan, and I, I don't want to <laughs> talk poorly about, about any player here, but I think your best lineup, your, your ceiling is with Finke on the bench. I'd agree. I, I think you hope someone emerges over him. Uh, and, again, not to say he's terrible, but I, I think realistically – he's going to have trouble against some of the bigger and better front courts in the Big Ten. So, uh, but I do think he'll start early, so I, I think Lucas Black and Finky will. I think Nichols will start early as well. I, I think his position might be the most vulnerable, so to speak, mm. uh, just because I didn't, I didn't necessarily think he was that uh, great last year. Um, and then I, I think Allstork is going to end up starting alongside Lucas. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but uh, I, I like his game, and I, I think his experience will add a lot to a team that's that's very very young. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah. but with that, uh, you know, we talked about the lineup, we talked about the schedule here. Uh, let's get into the the best part: uh, season predictions. Um, how do you see the Illini doing this year? Where are they in the Big Ten? Uh, did they make the postseason? If they do, uh, which tournaments did they make? And how far do they go? Oh, can I talk to you on like February 10th and discuss this? Uh, no, um, no, that would be cheating. That would be cheating. That, that's not how this works. <laughs> Darn. Um, I thought that's how this worked. So I I will echo your sentiments, Thomas, with the with the non conference schedule. I I agree that yeah, you might run into an off night against the UNLV or a New Mexico State potentially, or or a, a Wake Forest down the road. I, you you might run into a hiccup there. So and we're perfectly trained to expect hiccups here and there, especially with a very young team. So. To go on the safe side for the non-conference schedule, I'm thinking 10-3. and three. 10 wins gets you enough quality wins. Yeah, you might lose to Wake Forest on the road, and you might lose to UNLV on the road, or Missouri in the bragging rights game, which would be painful, but, but not, we're not going to worry about that. Um, and I'm going to allot for one stupid loss in there. So 10-3 is is – perfectly doable for this team, maybe even 11 and two, um, especially what the soft as this non-conference schedule is. But then the big 10 schedule kicks in. And this is a tale of, of two schedules, even within itself for, for the in-conference scheduling, because you had hit on it. The, the home games for the Illini are respectfully straightforward. You've got Iowa, Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska, and Purdue. Now, yes, Purdue is going to be really good this season. There's no doubt about that. But those other five games are definitely winnable, especially at home. You have to think that the fan support is going to be great this season. Um, the uh, the State Farm the State Farm Center should be. 
uh, a little more vibrant than it's been in the past couple of seasons with this new look team. So, um, oh, and Maryland in there too. I again shout out to uh, to Jim Delaney for the scheduling gaff there. We've Maryland at home on the third, um, but that's even a winnable game too because that's been one that the Illini have won in the past. So, you you ultimately look at at these games and you're going, I, they could very likely win five to six of these home games, which puts this team at 16 wins. And what we've seen in the past is with the, um, with the NCAA tournament is that if you've got 20 to 21 wins heading into your conference tournament, you can rattle off one or two wins. You will absolutely make the dance. And I think that's what we're going to see this season. We're going to see what the Illini had done back in 2011 and then back in 2012 with their with their NCAA tournament appearances um you have to think that uh that the road games you probably pick up a couple of road wins against Minnesota even though that's a tough game um again they're all tough um but Rutgers on the road you should win Nebraska you should win um there are other ones in there that are that are more on the difficult side like you said you're playing for example you're playing at Michigan State that's never an easy victory um on the road in Bloomington is never easy the Breslin Center is always tough at uh at Michigan I mean it it gets uh or is the Breslin Center Michigan State I can't remember for the life of me right now that I don't know is, why I'm drawing uh, Michigan State I'm uh, sorry to offend you. I, I I apologize for that, Thomas. Um, and shout out to to Michigan. Um, but it, there, are, the, those are all very tough atmospheres that ultimately could be ones where a very young team freezes up. So, do I think they can win five games during that slate? Absolutely. Will they? I mean, we'll find out. But. Um, I will comfortably set, and I think we set the over-under uh, for total team wins in the Champagne Room. We set it at 21 and a half. Um, I will take the under in that instance. I will take 21 regular season wins, um, which should put the Illini at either 10 and 8, 11 and 7 in conference. Uh, it depends on non-conference things, which ultimately puts them, if it was last season, that puts them around the 7-6 seed. Again, it kind of gets wonky with everybody else, but a 7 or a 6 seed means that you're playing either the 10 or the 11 earlier on in the Big Ten tournament. So you can absolutely rattle off a win or two in that event and potentially gain some momentum, which could turn into an NCAA tournament berth. And do I think that happens this year? You know what? Yeah. Hold on, let me go get a beer. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I oh. do. I honestly, I honestly think this team has what it takes now that you have this proven head coach in Brad Underwood and a, an array of talent around a new scheme. I think that there's enough there to to want to push this team definitely over 20 wins. Um, it just all depends on you know how many after that. I'm going to go with 21. Uh, which I believe was that that's a there's 31 and I'm bad at math so that's a 21 and 10 record in the regular season. Um, ultimately looking at like a 22 and 11 record for the year, which would be a an NCAA tournament appearance. So put me down for that. And when we do this in the middle of the season, like we did last year, I will either be sweating that prediction or I'll be <laughs> gloating about how I was right about it. You know. <laughs> Well, um, 
I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, Here it I'm, comes. I'm not quite. <laughs> I'm not quite as optimistic. Uh, however, I, I will certainly admit, you know, with a new head coach, and and this is something I, I wrote in my season preview, which you know hasn't uh, went up on the site yet, but should shortly. Uh, plug, plug, plug. Uh, stay tuned. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. But I, I wrote this in there, you know. New coaches can shake things up. Uh, they, they really can. I mean, I'm a big believer that sometimes when you hire a new head coach, there's an initial shakeup that you just – they play better. Um, and, again, it's just a, a new voice in the room, uh, new evaluation techniques, uh, putting guys in different roles. Um, the question is, is how much can that do, especially with a roster that's, that's very young, very inexperienced. You know, it did show signs last year, you know, certain players like Lucas uh, that we've touched on. Um, it, it has talent, uh, but I, I think the issue for me is this, this roster's inexperienced. The front court is a major concern for me. You know, we talked about Finky. Uh, I, I don't know if I, if, if honestly, I would put Finky in the top half of the league in, as far as centers go. Now, granted, uh, not many teams are winning because of their center, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think that puts into context a little bit. And I, I think another concern, too, which maybe it's unfair, but I, I think it's something to keep in mind. I do think this team is a little bit thin, uh, and I, I really think maybe a guy who goes out for five, ten games could really hurt this uh, unit, especially if that happens in Big Ten play, which is true for mm-hmm. a lot of teams. Uh, don't get me wrong, but – you know, one as young as this uh, could have an impact. But um, and, and to just put this in a little more context here, you know, to say I, I'm not just throwing this out there, uh, you know, for those who believe in Ken Palm, which is always hit or miss, uh, you know, it's not perfect. Um, they have Il- uh, Illinois at 104 nationally right now, which I do think is underrating uh, the Illini, but um, – they have them at 15 and 16 overall, which this doesn't include all the games because of the, the non-con tournament stuff, uh, but 5 and 13 in the Big Ten. Um, very few of these games are uh, they're favored in, at least in the conference, but I, I, some of them will flip if, they're, if they can outperform that overall mark, obviously, and I, I'm not going to dive too much into Ken Palm here, but, but yeah, so I mean, I, I think, it, it, you know, it's a young team. I think this is a, a rebuilding season. This is a building season for what Underwood has coming. Um, I, I think they're going to be a really good team next year. I, I really do. But I think this year there are going to be some initial growing pains. And I, I think this is a, I don't want to make it seem like it's a paper tiger, but I do think this is a team where, you know, if they take a, a, an injury to a key guy, I think it's really going to hurt. Um, overall, I, I have the Alana missing the tournament. Um, I have them at ninth in the Big Ten, but certainly, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked with a, with a coach like Underwood who has done nothing but win in his tenure if he can find a way to outperform that. But uh, not not as optimistic, obviously, um, but it should be exciting, and I, I do think there are good things to come uh, long term. But um, but with that, uh, Brad, do you have any final thoughts here on, on Illinois, um, and where can people check out your stuff? 
you're by the way, that's absolutely a concern. I forgot to touch on that earlier, so thank you for bringing that up. You're you're absolutely right. Um, and I I will say that uh, if you do need orange Kool Aid, stop by the Champagne Room. We're always pouring it it's fresh on tap. There's some specials depending on what time of the day you, you show up around there. No, um, we're uh, we're we're under new management this season at the Champagne Room, and uh, and our, our new editor Stephen Cohn's doing a great job with um with putting out new and different types of content um he's actually going to be more in depth with the team this season he will be involved in some of the um the the locker room appearances some of the interviews things like that so there's a lot of really good things going on there um we will have the tcr podcast launching after the uh after the football season or near the end of it, which will be very exciting. So make sure that you, uh, that you guys check out Thomas's episode when Michigan and Illinois square off in January at the very beginning of the season for 2018, Thomas and I'll be popping bottles in the champagne room. Um, Check us out. We've got the Twitter page. is always a fun time. You guys uh, are more than welcome to to at us as often as you feel necessary. I'm at TCR Brad. Make sure you guys follow Thomas Bendit as well. He is good for all things college basketball, specifically Big Ten basketball as well. Um, I personally am on a little more of a baseball and hockey kick at the moment, but, but that's what happens when your football team aren't great, although shout-out to uh, Mitch Trubisky. Um, but uh, but you guys can check us out. It's www.thechampagneroom.com. And you can check out this podcast. Obviously, it's going to be up on Twitter. You can also check it out at, uh, at Big10Powerhouse.com, which is, uh, which is your number one site for Big Ten basketball and all things Big Ten basketball. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, Brad, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it and definitely appreciate the, the kind comments. All good, Thomas. It's always fun to be on here. Looking forward to talking with you this season. And and again, I'm looking forward to jumping on again in February when we will find out whether or not my prediction is just blown way out of proportion and I've been sucking down too much Kool-Aid or maybe it's right. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Fair enough. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Thomas. Take care. Thanks. Uh, as a reminder to everyone, that was Brad, right for the Champagne Room. Um, gave us some great, great plugs there uh, for BT Powerhouse, but um, I'll, plug, I'll plug them as well. The Champagne Room does great stuff for Illinois. Um, entertaining site. Uh, he talked about some of the new management. I like the old guys. I like the new guys. I think they do great stuff. So I highly recommend everyone read them if you're interested in Illinois at all as a fan or just someone around the Big Ten or, or country interested in what's going on with Illinois sports. But with that, I'm going to call it a night. My name is uh, Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at Bendit. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BT Powerhouse. And we'll see you all next time. And, and stay tuned. Our Illinois season preview is going up on the site very soon, as will all our other Big Ten previews. So thanks, you guys. And I'm out, and we'll see you next time.